I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 127. Psalm 127. We continue with our Psalms of Degrees. This one says, A Song of Degrees for Solomon. That's the inscription uh, under Psalm 127 in the Bible. And so this is attributed to Solomon. And I find it interesting. It kind of parallels Ecclesiastes, which was to... uh, series ago because of the word vain that's used here and he used the word vanity and vain and vexation of spirit a lot in the book of Ecclesiastes here he says except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the Lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows for so he giveth his beloved sleep Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak when the enemies, with the enemies in the gate. Now, we're going to take a look at two things here. We're going to look at the vain or the vanity that we see. And you saw that word several times. And then the value. We're going to look at vain and value. But when we look at this, we're going to look at it again from several applicational standpoints in our day and age, as well as in the context of this right here. Now, we come back off of 126, Psalm 126, where the Lord turned the captivity. They're going back. And the psalmist wanted to be revived. And he was told they're going to have to go back and they're going to have to get the ground ready to sustain them from food. And they would have to sow in tears, but they would reap in joy. And now it goes forth and says, now you come back to the land, you build the house. And of course here we're looking at the fact that its children are a heritage of the Lord. So we know we got the house of the family. But we also know they went back to rebuild the temple and to rebuild Jerusalem. And we see the rebuilding of the house of God and the place of God, which was Jerusalem. And I see that as the rebuilding of the house of our home and the house of our church and the house of our area, the places that are around us that we influence with our very lives. So let's take a look at the vanity the vanity starts out in verse 1 except the Lord build the house now think about this we think we can do things on our own strength 
And the Bible says we can't. We have to do things in his strength. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So if you think you're going to build in the, anything but the Lord, and if you don't have the Lord giving you the strength and the blueprints and what you're supposed to do, uh, you think you're going to build the house away from God, you're not going to do it, except the Lord is the one that does it. See, when God gets in on it, the praise and honor and glory will go to him. People say, that couldn't have been done by you. God had to get in this. And he'll get all the praise and honor and glory. The Bible says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They see what you're doing and they know it comes from God. And they immediately give God the praise, the honor, and the glory. Except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it now let's take a look first of all the word build it means to construct to establish or it can mean to rebuild so this word has the idea of building of course in the case of a brand new family you're building in the case of a brand new church work you are building in the case of them going back from captivity they would have to rebuild their homes into the right kind of homes that they were supposed to be in the first place, that had they kept their homes spiritual, they wouldn't have obeyed God and they would have obeyed the prophets. But with all the prophets warning them that was coming, they chose not to repent and they ended up going into the Babylonian captivity as God said Judah would. Israel was scattered into the Assyrian nation and just kind of absorbed in there. So we see, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it this means to work with severity to toil to toil to the point of exhaustion it's physical labor and there is a labor in a real house project there's a labor you go and look at the return of the people under Ezra and you look at the return to building the temple and see what happened there and then you go to fast forward to Nehemiah where there needs to be a rebuilding of the wall and cleaning up of Jerusalem around all of that that was the, the temples rebuilt but there's all kinds of junk to get to it and they're rebuilding that we see that there was a lot of labor intensive labor but boy in Nehemiah the people had a mind to work and they got together and they worked hard and they were able to bring that thing quickly to the halfway point and then in a very short amount of time they were able to complete the walls and get the gates up and clean up the city because the people defended the faith while they kept working we'll look at that in just a moment but there is a major toil you build a building program there's a major toil but you build in the house of God the people in the spiritual there is a labor that's hard to explain unless you've been a preacher or a pastor or you've labored to maybe you're a teacher in a Christian school where you can share your Christian faith and you pour out what you have internally and it's laborsome and spiritual labor many times is it more exhausting in a different kind of sense than the physical labor in physical labor you can lay yourself down to sleep which it says here but there are, when you've got spiritual labor, sometimes as a pastor, you carry burdens with you. And uh, it's hard to shut it off. I know one of the things that I prayed all the decades of ministry that I have been in is when I go to bed at night, Lord, I can't shut it down. I can't shut it off. 
and it, it's very difficult to shut down that which uh, you have in your love for. When I taught the Christian school, I mean, I loved those kids, and I poured my heart into them. And for no, you know, ten months, I would just pour everything I had into my classes and into those students. I went to their extracurricular things so the parents knew I really was interested in them and the kids knew I was really interested in them and then I worked an extra month in the summer getting all the schedules together and then I had one month off where I would labor in computer programming to maintain uh, our income and then go back at it again uh, it was a wonderful time I enjoyed every moment in the classroom that I ever had I enjoyed when I taught the college level where I could even get more details and and uh, get a little deeper and enjoy what God did and man there were times that God would show up so often in those days that I would come home exhausted uh, I'd do four hours of class and come home and sit in my chair and go wow I don't even think I can pick up myself and go to bed yet I was so exhausted we labor in vain, though, when we try to build it apart from God. We labor in vain when we try to build it apart from God. The worker is not going to work for God if he doesn't give it to God and get his strength from God and his orders from God and the blueprints from God. God has a blueprint. But then I want you to know, if we're going to build something that God has told us to build, then we need to have him help us guard the city, except the Lord keep the city. The idea of that word is what you've known before, is to put a hedge about, to guard, to attend to. The idea is that that person who's guarding it, the watchman, the one who's supposed to be awake and observing it, he's waking in vain if the Lord's not with it. See, the Lord can keep things better than we can and he can draw our eyes to that which is not good he can draw our attention and say warning danger go no further peter uh, he was bragging about what he could do and the lord said hey peter get behind me the devil's after you man he wants to sift you like wheat and you know it's kind of funny because when peter got the Holy Ghost, and it was able to preach those wonderful sermons where 3,000 were saved and then 5,000 and, and, and those great things that came upon him because now he had God in it. When he writes his epistle in First Peter chapter number 5, he says to be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Man, I'm telling you, he, when he wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I'm sure when he wrote that, he looked at it and said, boy, that's the truth. I remember when the Lord said, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. He knew what he had been through. Listen, if it's not the Lord that builds the house, you're laboring in vain. If the Lord's not guarding the city, the watchman waketh in vain. See, we're watchmen for the Lord, but unless we're doing things right and the Lord's right there with us, the one who doesn't sleep or slumber, the one who keeps an eye on it all the time, the one who can wake you up and say, hey, pay attention, there's something going on. I'm telling you, if we don't let the Lord be in control and be the number one of everything, we're in trouble. I've said this many times on broadcasts in the past, but one of my favorite sermons by Vance Havner is God never comes next. He comes first of all, or he don't come at all. You put him at the top of everything, and he rules and reigns your entire life, or he doesn't take any other place. You can't put him any other place. He'll take first place. He'll have the preeminence. 
or he'll have nothing and you can be on your own. And when you mess up and make mistakes, you'll have to turn back to him and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent and get right with him and put him back up at the top. Give him the preeminence that he deserves. So we see that we're to guard what we're building. So we see that there's a vanity of the worker, there's a vanity of the watchman, and there's a vanity of the worrier. Look at this. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Now, what's he talking about here? Well, he's saying here, uh, you need to be looking at things from my perspective and don't lose sleep over things that you cannot change. It's just vain for you to do that. It's that anxious toil, that bread of sorrows. Because if you do that, you are doing that which expends energy that goes nowhere. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be a worrier. Don't be pulled in opposite directions. Now listen, you're going to you're going to you're going to rise up early and sit up late and eat the bread of sorrows if you're building the house without the Lord. If you're trying to wake and watch the whole thing without the Lord, the Lord's omniscient. He can tell you what's coming. The Lord's omnipresent. He knows what's on the horizon. The Lord is all powerful. He can build the house. He'll empower you to do what he wants you to do, but he'll build the house. He's the one that's got the blueprints, and he's the one that's going to show you. In fact, when it comes to the family, God has given a lot. If you study the scriptures, there's a lot on how to, to guard and, and raise the family. It's interesting because back in Deuteronomy, the children of Israel were told this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, not a piece of it, with all thy soul, not a piece of it, and with all thy might, not a piece of it, with every ounce of might that you have, vehemence, with everything that's in your heart and soul, the inner part of you, you love the Lord your God that much. And you have that love for him that's so strong. And then you take that love that you have that's so strong within. Verse 6 of Deuteronomy 6. And these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Diligently. The idea of that word diligently means to sharpen. You teach it to them like a sharp sword. You get in there and you cut it straight with that sharp sword, man. You just cut it straight. 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, a toiler, a laborer in the word, who needeth not to be ashamed because you're toiling in the word, rightly dividing, making a straight cut, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, you make that straight cut to your children, those things that you have in your heart, that they are to be in your heart, and this is what you're to do. You're going to talk about them when you're sitting in your house. 
You're going to talk about them when you're walking by the way. When you're on your path of life, man, you're going to talk about them. You're going to talk about them when you lie down. You're going to talk about them when you rise up. And if that isn't going to get it for you, how about this? And add to that. See, all these things are ands. If you look at this, he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. Now watch. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. They shall be as frontlets before, between thine eyes. They were, they had some, like the word of God on them and phylacteries. And you'll read that in the New Testament. They were to have them upon their hand. They were to have it. And the front was between their eyes. It was to always be in front of them, the word of God. We have to have the word of God working us. And in an application sense, we need to bind them for a sign upon our hand. Our hands should do what God's will is. And our eyes should see and behold the wonders and goodness and grace and mercy of the God. And he said, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. You see, we're building the home. And we build the home through the love and word of God, the one Lord, through the Lord that we love with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And then it says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly lives which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and been full. Then beware, warning, danger, guard up. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God lest among you, lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. When we are building a home and a house, we build it on the word of God. We build it on the will of God. We build it on the way of God. We build it on the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. And we have it burning within our heart and soul. And we give it with all of our might and we pass it on. Now, if that's not good enough, he goes on and we fast forward and we go into the book of the Psalms which is what we're studying now. But we go over to Psalm 78, and he says, listen, give ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And he says, I will open my mouth in the parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come what? Number one, the praises of the Lord. Number two, his strength. Number three, his wonderful works that he hath done. There you go. That's what we must do. We can't hide that from our children. We need the generation to come to be able to understand and have the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which is he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children 
that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. We're going beyond the next generation to the following generation, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, the group that died off in the wilderness, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. We see here that we must not worry and mess around with that kind of thing and it's vain because God giveth his beloved sleep. Then I want to just share with you one thing again uh, when we're talking about building the house of God. Paul made it clear, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Be careful if you're building the house of God, because look what it says. For other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be manifested, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Did you work for yourself and labor in vain? It's going to burn up. The wood, hay, and stubble's going to burn up. Did you work and say, Lord, you are the master builder. You're the master designer. Give me the blueprints. Tell me what to do. Give me the strength to do what you want me to do, and you oversee and empower, because unless you're empowering and building, I'm in trouble. You build on the gold, hay, or gold, silver, and precious stones, it will not burn up. We see the vanity when we don't do it God's way. But now we look at the value. Children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Listen, happy, blessed, fortunate, well-off is the man who has a quiver full of children. They will not be put to shame when they're speaking with their adversaries outside. Now, what he's saying here is that there is a need for children. By the way, no Jewish person uh, generally would say, I don't want children. That was something they all wanted. And when someone was barren in the Jewish culture, it was really something that they bear bores a mark of shame and that's why when you see those like Elizabeth in the New Testament and you see uh, Sarah in the Old Testament and then those that were barren Hannah that are able to have children some in their older ages some not the joy that comes on them uh, because of the children and children are a heritage they're a heritage of the Lord now stop and think about this when we build our homes in uh, what we have we want it to extend to another generation so we want our children to pass that on and so we teach them what we're supposed to teach them my bible says train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it the earth the it goes back to the training they can't get out of the way they can get away from god but the training will always come back to haunt them and they will always have that training that will go through them. When you pray, you can pray for God to bring that back to them, that they will see that training and respond. And like the prodigal son, when he came to himself, they will come to themselves. We see also that if we're going to have a church, we need to birth children. 
into the church. A church is, uh, is growing if it's maintaining its average because people die, people move, and people just get upset and leave the church. So for it to maintain, it's growing. But if you can keep a little bit more, you can actually add to the numbers. And it'll fluctuate. But if it's dying, there's no birthing coming in. There's no people getting saved. And you start to see it die out. Then you've got a church building that's empty. And you have all that labor that's in vain. Because we did not guard the church house. We need to have our children in our homes taught. We need to teach those in the church so they can go out listen you come in to the church but you then leave to work for the church all of us leave with the sign over the door you are now entering your mission field you have a mission field to reach he said as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man the more arrows you have the better it is for a mighty man because he's going to be able to fight a lot longer so are children of thy youth a man is happy if he has his quiver full of them. He will be prosperous. The one who has children will experience the blessing of seeing his children grow up and become those who will become, hopefully, good citizens of the country with a good testimony, and it becomes part of the blessing of parents. Now, I know that children can get away, and I know sometimes things happen. It's happened in my family where uh, things have happened in my kids have kind of backed off from the things of God. And uh, we uh, keep encouraging them, don't look at people, look at the Lord. Except the Lord build it, they labor in vain. There's a building block that we must have. These building blocks of faith that allow us to be able to take care of the things of God because we're listening to the things of God. By the way, there was this parable it says, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus is talking, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And Jesus Christ is our rock. We build our home on that rock. We build our house of worship on that rock. And er by the way, we build our life on that rock, our very life. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Paul told Timothy, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold of eternal life. And he again is talking about those that are rich in the world. They be not high-minded and trust in uncertain riches. But they that do good, they that be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in themselves store a good foundation. We say amen and amen. We see the need. We see the vanity. We see the value. We need to build. We need to keep on building and build because the Lord is building it and we're just going in his energy. The Lord is guarding it and we're going in his energy and his total strength and power. Father, help us, we pray, to take these truths to heart. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his
precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.